Hello again, everybody. My name is Corey Atkinson, and you have found yourselves back with the Pro Wrestling Elitist Podcast. First and foremost, let me take time just to say thank you. Thank you for finding us. Thank you for continuing to find us. Thank you for committing just a little bit of your time to listen to myself talk about the world of pro wrestling, specifically all elite wrestling. Uh, Today's episode, we've got a lot to get through. Um, The two main things that we're going to talk about are Matt Hardy, which probably at this point in, in time is not a surprise to anybody that's been following the wrestling business. And the other one is the Blood and Guts match that has recently been announced. We can call it War Games. I'm not contractually bound to to not call it War Games. It's fucking War Games. So that's what we're going to call it. Anyway, um, we're going to talk about that. um, And we're going to break down the Inner Circle versus the Elite, as well as who probably should be in the match and, and who shouldn't be in the match. I'm not entirely sure that the Inner Circle versus the Elite is the right pairing for the the Blood and Guts match, for the War Games match. All of this and more in just a few minutes before we get started. I want to invite all of you to get in contact with us and take part in the show. That's what makes podcasts so much fun. They're interactive, or they can be. I want that to be the case for this show. So, if you're interested, you can certainly reach reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram at PWElitists. Or you can reach out to me directly, Twitter and Instagram, Corey A. Atkinson. If you want to send us an email, that's awesome. Please, please, please do that. We invite that. I am choking. (laughs) There we go. Um, No, if if you are are inspired to contact us through email, please, I I highly encourage you to do that. We are located at pwelitis at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you on any platform. Going into today's episode, it is unofficially sponsored by Kayfabe. Yes, I'm going to do this again because I truly believe in this product and this project. Um, If you haven't followed the story behind Kayfabe, it is a um, film series, I guess you could call it. A project that is being spearheaded by Gail Kim, Christy Hemi, and the former Lita, Amy Dumas. Now, the Kayfabe documentary, the, the Kayfabe project, it, it's an eight-episode run that they're trying to get produced, I believe. Let me double-check that as I'm talking. Um, but yes, it is going to be... Uh, an eight-episode eight run, which will um, consist of an entire season. I, I know that as we're talking through this, this is not AEW. Fast forward a minute, you'll be fine. Um, however, if you do want me to continue blab- blabbling, babbling, babbling, babbling into your ear <laughs> about uh, Fable, then God damn it, you came to the right place. Um... The, the kayfabe story is really incredible. It is stories about women in wrestling written by women in wrestling. Imagine that, a novel concept, something that has never been done. 
Women have never had a platform in wrestling to tell their stories. This is that. This is an opportunity for these women to talk about, um, you know, stories that, that you know, are, are perhaps maybe a little bit of a dramatization about what they've gone through, but they're all inspired by real-life events, things that are, you know, them being told to know your place and, and being told to just keep your mouth shut, um, being told to fall in line. You know, all of this stupid bullshit that guys tell women you know they, they've all, they've heard all of it, so. It, and I think the other unfortunate thing for these women is that they they came up through a time. Well, I mean, really, any time for women in professional wrestling, with the exception of the last like three years, has been bad for women in professional wrestling. They've been treated like sex objects, and they've been demeaned and belittled, and made to feel less than. All they've been is is to this point tits and ass, right? And I, I feel gross even saying that, but that's, you know, essentially what they've been. They've been sexually objectified by, by Vince McMahon and the sport of professional wrestling. Um, you know, the, these women are going to tell their stories about how it was like coming up in that, how it was to fall in line or, or how they coped with that or how they overcame it. You know, if you look at Gail Kim and Amy Dumas specifically, you know, the two of them are, are Hall of Fame wrestlers, right? Gail Kim is, has been inducted into the TNA, um, Total Nonstop Action Wrestling Hall of Fame, where Lita's been inducted just a few years ago into the, to the World Wrestling Entertainment Hall of Fame. You know, these are people that are respected in the industry. Christy Hemme, um, you know, was at one point in time one of the most improved wrestlers on the planet. Um, as far as women wrestlers go, you know, when she was with TNA, she was getting good. She was getting better. Um, you know, going from a, a model background and entering the world of professional wrestling, not really knowing what you're getting yourself into... Uh, presumably getting the shit kicked out of you, um, you know, having done Playboy and other uh, shoots of, of that nature, you know, Chris, Christy Hemi really went through the ringer as well in a totally different way, you know. Um, you know, her story makes me reflect back on Ashley Mazzaro a little bit, you know, not dissimilar in that they both came from the diva search and, and things of that nature. Um, unfortunately for Ashley, you know, she, she took her own life. Uh, she was, um, I mean, she was raped and, and the WWE allegedly hid that. They, they, they swept that under the rug and, you know, I, I know, I, I believe I spoke about this in the last podcast. If I didn't, I'm going to speak about it again in this podcast. I really hope they cover that story. I, I don't believe that they will just because it is so taboo. And, you know, Amy continues to work with WWE. Christy and Gail, not so much, but, um, you know, the, the, the story of... The, the story of that situation deserves to be told on, on some platform. Again, one of the million reasons I hate 
Vince McMahon. I think he's an awful, awful, awful person and has no business leading any kind of a company, let alone a company as successful as WWE. Anyway, I digress. We're going to go ahead and move on. Um, The first topic today, Matt Hardy. Is he AEW bound? I watched Free to the, the Free to the Delete. Easy for me to say. <laughs> um, no, I did watch Free the Delete, which is Matt Hardy's YouTube. One of Matt Hardy's YouTube shows. He's got a couple, um, but this is the main one that we're kind of following right now, as it pertains to Matt Hardy. This is something he started while he was still under contract to WWE. Basically. Matt Hardy is the, 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 so it's really hard to explain if you've never witnessed either Matt Hardy or the Broken Universe. So I'm going to do a quick little recap. Bear with me. The, the entity that has possessed the body, Matt Hardy, I believe it's Xenu, it is, is dying. And... Um, Matt Hardy is is kind of struggling with the the realization that this entity that has possessed his body for so long is is decaying and is dying, and you know what what do you do with that? So with with where we pick up as far as it pertains to AEW, Matt Hardy had called in some favors, and that favor ended up being. The Bucks of Youth, a.k.a. the Young Bucks that we all know and love. Um, We didn't really get an idea of where things were going. At the end of Free the Delete, they just pulled up in their SUV. And Matt Hardy did his Bucks of Youth, I knew you'd come. Which, again, I always appreciated when you get to have broken Matt Hardy do anything ever he is fantastic and i love him um going beyond that though um on being the elite the young bucks tipped their hand a little bit and did a teaser for free the delete in that they they showed that the bucks both nick and matt were were burying something it was like a flashback um, within being the elite, where they do a little more of that that goofy storytelling is not really based in reality all of the time. Um, it certainly isn't based within the storylines of AEW. Um, but what I would tell you is that they they clearly have been working on this for for a little bit of time. In that, um, you know, Nick is on. A leave of absence right now from AEW. Nick Jackson, he just had a baby. Congratulations. But he's been away from, from his AEW duties while he's been on his paternal leave. Which means, uh, you know, the, the, the footage that they shot likely took place or happened, you know, right when Matt Hardy's WWE contract expired. Because I don't think that if, if he were to call today, that there, there, there is no chance that Nick is available right now with the baby 
um, just having been born and his wife likely needing some help around the house with the other children that they have on top of the, the help that she likely needs from uh, giving birth and having a, a new child to, to help take care of. So, um, you know, if, if we're looking at things logistically, this has been in the works for a while, which likely, in my estimation, means that Matt Hardy is AEW bound. So what does that mean? Does that mean that Matt Hardy is the exalted one? Well, we got a, a sneak peek on maybe a little bit about who who could be the exalted one in, in the most recent Road 2, the, the AEW series that they do to hype up the different towns that they're going to. Leva Bates and Peter Ravalon, um, they, they believe that they know who the exalted one is. If they figured it out, in my estimation, it's not Matt Hardy. And I know that the answer that people want is Matt Hardy. And I'm not even saying that it, it shouldn't be Matt Hardy. If it ends up being Matt Hardy, great. Matt Hardy is is fantastic. I love everything about him. Hooray, right? <laughs> I, I would be... Elated if Matt Hardy was the exalted one. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think Matt Hardy absolutely comes to AEW, but I think he is going to go a different direction. In fact, I think he might be the one that will be taking the fight to the Dark Order. So basically taking all of these different expectations that we have for Matt Hardy and his role within AEW and turning them around, putting them on their head, and giving us something totally unexpected, but something that we still want. Um, does this mean that we're not going to get broken, Matt Hardy? I, I, I don't know, honestly. I, I hope we do, because I, I think that there's still so much um, juice in the berry that could be squeezed as, as far as there's money. There is money in Matt Hardy. There is money in the broken character and the broken universe. There is money in the banana stand. You don't let that go. Um, with 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 Matt Hardy, you know it's entirely possible that he's done with the broken universe, especially considering everything going on with Free of the Delete. He might just be like, "Dude, I want to do something new. I want to do something different. Let Let's look at different opportunities. Maybe he, you know." creates the 89th faction within AEW. That seems to be what they want to do is everybody's got a little team, a little faction. Hey, maybe Matt Hardy is going to have one too. I don't know. You know, I could see him having, you know, uh, Brody Lee as as an example by his side, the former Luke Harper. Um, He would fit in great. Hell, maybe even the Ascension, which I'm not entirely keen on them working with AEW right now, but, uh, you know, they are buddies with Cody as far as I know, and, and that is in the realm of possibility. You know, they're a young t- tag team. They were super popular within NXT back when they were there, and, um, yeah, their WWE run was terrible, but that was no fault of theirs. That was all on creative. Um, 
you know, I could totally see them getting a chance in AEW. But let, let's pause the Matt Hardy conversation there because I think that we just don't have enough information right now to definitively say when is Matt Hardy going to appear, what is Matt Hardy going to do once he appears, and where will he appear, and whose side will he be on, or will he be on anybody's side? You know, they're all intriguing questions, but until we get to the point where he debuts in AEW, which again, I believe he will, it's all conjecture, it's all speculation. Moving along now to AEW Blood and Guts. Maybe the worst named match in wrestling history. It's up there. Uh, You know, Great Balls of Fire was the worst pay-per-view name, but this is actually a match name. Blood and Guts. Um, You know, it's unfortunate that they can't call it War Games because that is what it is. Um, for those of you who, who may be unfamiliar with War Games or have forgotten some of the history around War Games, War Games was a match conceptualized by the American Dream Dusty Rhodes back when he was working with the Crockett's in, in NWA. There's been a lot of different iterations of War Games. I, I imagine that... You know, the, the Cody and Dustin are going to do everything that they can to keep the, the War Games rules intact. The original rules, not the shitty WWE rules that, you know, kind of bastardized what made War Games so great. The, the thing that made War Games great is there is no escape. There is no way out. That's why it's a covered cage. The, the, the fact that they're using, you know, this, this monolithic structure in WWE that has no top is totally against the idea of what War Games is meant to be. It's, it's two rings connected. There is a cage that covers both rings. The only way to win is to make your opponent, your, your, your opposing team submit. That's it. No pinfall. And I think that's a mistake that WWE has made. They allow you to pin. You're supposed to beat your other team into submission until they can't take any more and they have to quit. You know, this match has traditionally been, or at least historically has been, um, a match that has been tailor-made for the Four Horsemen. You know, uh, J.J. Dillon, Tully, Arn, Flair, uh, Wyndham. You know, that that is the group that was um, largely the, the, the catalyst for this being such a damn good match. Uh, I, I get that Cody and everybody involved wants, you know, they want the elite in the match because they're the, a lot of the name power, a lot of the drawing power within AEW is behind them right now. Cody is arguably 
the biggest or second biggest baby face in the company. He is the, the biggest pure good guy hero that they have in the company right now. Unquestionably. And again, emphasis on pure. If you're talking about the most over personality, the most popular good guy, it's John Moxley, probably closely followed by, by Darby Allen. Um, but they're not, you know, they're not good guys. They're not wearing white hats. Cody Rhodes, he's, he is wearing that white hat. He is, you know, that law-abiding white meat baby face. Whereas Mox and, and Darby, they got a little more gray going on. You know, they have, you know, <laughs> they have bad guy tendencies. Um, you know, they're not squeaky clean like how Cody Rhodes has been portrayed this entire time with an AEW. So, naturally, you would think that makes Cody and the Elite great fodder for the inner circle, Chris Jericho's group. I disagree. Take a look at the two factions right now. Who has all of the momentum? It's the inner circle. Who has literally no momentum? The Elite. Up until this week, when they announced the Blood and Guts War Games match, nobody even knew if Cody was still in the Elite. Cody's been doing his own thing with the Nightmare family and has been completely disconnected from the Elite. In the same breath, Hangman Page doesn't want to be a part of the group. He keeps getting pulled back in either to save their ass or in this case, he has to partner with them because of his, his allegiance to the group. And, and it's not even an allegiance that he wants. It's that he actively wants to be away from the elite. Right now, the elite, ideally, is the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, the original members, the original three of the elite. There is really no reason... Hangman Page should be a part of this, and there really isn't a reason Cody Rhodes should be a part of this. You know, um, if, if they wanted to have this match be Inner Circle versus The Elite, they needed to build this up differently. They needed to get Cody in there with Jericho on the heels of on the heels of their match at full gear. What I mean is Cody and Jericho and all of the different chess pieces around the inner circle and the elite, they were all feuding. There was a reason for the match to happen. Right now, there is no reason for this match to happen, and I think that's what I'm struggling with. Why the hell, out of nowhere... Is the elite coming into feud with the inner circle? Makes no goddamn sense. It is, it's hot shot booking. I I know that at one point in time, Cody brought it up, but again, that was when they were actively fighting each other and feuding, and then there was stakes, and um, things seemed like they were going in the direction of war. That hasn't been the case since fucking October or November. Like, we're, we're in March, 
we're months removed from that. And yeah, there could still be bad blood. And yeah, you could try to um, make that um, relevant again. But it's it feels forced. The direction right now absolutely should be to have the inner circle in the match. They're the people... They're the four horsemen in, in this case. They are the group that... You know, they, they have the, the power, they have the gang mentality, the pack mentality, and they've been kicking everybody's ass for months. Um, it should be John Moxley in that match. The Elite should get the fuck out of there. It should be Moxley, Darby Allen. You can make a case for me maybe having Dustin Rhodes be in there because of all of his, his you know issues with with the inner circle and specifically Jake Hager. Um, and then maybe you find another one or two mystery people to, to bring into the company to help Mox take on the inner circle. You could have a Jeff Cobb. You could have, you know, maybe he didn't like the, the payoff or maybe he didn't get a payoff that he was promised from the inner circle. Maybe he's pissed at the inner circle. Maybe... You know, he comes in and, and he's the muscle for Mox, but, you know, can he be trusted? You know, sign that bastard AEW. Get John, uh, I was going to say get John Mox under contract. I mean, get Jeff Cobb under contract. The guy is too damn good to be a free agent. Smarten up. Get that dude under contract. ASAP. And if we're not going to have Brody Lee be a, a part of, of whatever Matt Hardy is going to have going on and if he's not going to be a part of the Dark Order Brody Lee is the perfect person to put in there with John Moxley to help bring in all five members of his team. They don't have to have a team name. That, that, I, I think that would be forced and stupid but you've got Mox Darby you've got Brody you've got Cobb and then you've got Rhodes, Dustin Rhodes. That's not a bad team. And it's people either making their debuts or it's people that have a reason to get into the ring and feud with the inner circle. That's just my take. Take it for what you will. I would love to hear your opinions on either why I'm right, why I'm wrong, why it's somewhere in the middle. What are your feelings on the match what are your feelings on the event do you like the name blood and guts do you think the elite should be in the match reach out to me on twitter pweelitists twitter and instagram or at Corey a atkinson that is c-o-r-e-a atkinson as an a-t-k-i-n-s-o-n you can find me on twitter and instagram at that handle or you can email us we will read any kind of ma uh, mail that we've got. We can converse about these subjects and go on in more detail. Email us at pwelitists at gmail.com. That's all we got for today's show. I really appreciate everybody taking the time to join us and to listen to me rant. Um, I, I know today's episode, we're trying this new microphone again. So if you've got... Uh, feelings or, or feedback on the microphone, definitely let, let me know. But um, if you've got um, really any kind of feedback at all, man, I am trying to do everything that I can to make this show good, 
relevant, engaging, something that I would want to hear if I were on the other side. Um, man, feedback is a gift. I would love any kind of feedback that I can get. So uh, feel free to, to let me have it, good, bad, or otherwise. Again, PW Elitists, Twitter and Instagram, Corey A. Atkinson, Twitter and Instagram, or PWElitist at gmail.com. Until next time, which I believe will be Thursday after um, after Dynamite. This is me signing off. This is Corey Atkinson signing off for the PW Elitist Podcast, the Pro Wrestling Elitist Podcast. Take care, and we'll talk soon. Goodbye.